There's something scary hiding in the back of your closet. Your bathing suits and summer clothes that you're pretty sure don't fit anymore. What if there was a way to get into summer shape in one visit? Here's Dr. Brian Strand for Sonabello to explain. It really is quite remarkable. Sonabello doctors use a technology called microlaser fat removal, and the results are amazing. We customize your procedure to accomplish your goals. Just share with us the problem areas where you'd like the fat in inches removed. And in one visit, they're gone. Permanently. I can't tell you how often I hear clients say how many years they've been trying to diet and exercise those inches away. And we did it in one comfortable visit. It's time to get your summer on. Visit any of our Sonabella locations across the U.S. And right now you can save $250. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. That's sonobello.com slash save. Summer's almost here. Yay, right? So, when's the last time you tried on your swimsuits and summer clothes? If you could get back into summer shape in one visit, would you do it? Here's Dr. Brian Strand for Sonobello to explain. It really is quite remarkable. Sonobello doctors use a technology called microlaser fat removal, and the results are amazing. We customize your procedure to accomplish your goals. Just share with us the problem areas where you'd like the fat in inches removed. And in one visit, they're gone. Permanently. I can't tell you how often I hear clients say how many years they've been trying to diet and exercise those inches away. And we did it in one comfortable visit. It's time to get your summer on. Visit any of our Sonabella locations across the U.S. And right now you can save $250. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. That's sonobello.com slash save. Calling all detectives. People go to school to study all sorts of subjects. But I once had a case where somebody was studying how to be a murderer. That is the situation on this page from my casebook. The casebook of Jerry Browning, private detective. A private detective like me, Jerry Browning, gets his education in the school of hard knocks. And the way he knows he's passing the course is because he's still alive. The man who came into my office introduced himself as Richard Gibby. I'm a chemistry instructor at Dunlop College, Mr. Browning. Professor Logan does the actual teaching. I supervise the students' laboratory experiments. I knew the school that had a good reputation. Do you work with the day or the night classes, Mr. Gibby? The night classes. We get people of all ages, all backgrounds in our night sessions. Quite different from the daytime enrollment. I would imagine so. What's your trouble, Mr. Gibby? Thefts? Gibby nodded. Yes, but not the kind you might think. Mr. Browning... Somebody has enrolled in that chemistry class for some sinister purpose. A quantity of poisons has disappeared from our lab supplies. I'm afraid somebody is learning to be a murderer. Whom else have you told this to? Nobody. The lab supplies are my personal responsibility. I... I don't have very much money, but I do need help. I'll help you, Mr. Gibby. I've always wanted to meet a murderer while he was learning the business. When poisons disappeared from a night school chemistry lab, I agreed to find the potential murderer. The next evening, I had an interview with Professor Logan just before his class assembled. 
He was a handsome man in his early 40s, very different from the average idea of a professor. Jerry Brown, eh? Why are you entering the class in the middle of the semester, Mr. Brown? Well, Professor, I just want to brush up on chemistry for my own satisfaction. Logan nodded. Well, all right, since Mr. Gibby is satisfied with your qualifications. So there I was, Jerry Brown, student, trying to figure out which was the business end of a Bunsen burner. The classroom sessions with Logan weren't bad. I could sit quietly and study the students, of whom there were about 20. The lab sessions, even with Gibby there to help me bluff my way by, were harder. There's a lot of tricky apparatus in a lab, and if you're not careful... Such to the bat that I knocked off the table hissed viciously as it hit the floor. A blonde girl working alongside of me jumped to escape the spatter. Instantly, a red-headed young guy rushed over to her, made sure she hadn't been hurt. I don't know anything about chemistry, but I know all about the look he gave her. That was love. Just then, Gibby came over, did something about the acid on the floor, gave me a hurt look. A boy and girl went back to their experiments, but not before he murmured, How about buying your hamburger after class, Betty? A girl shook her head, said something about having promised Professor Logan that she'd help correct the papers from another class. The classroom session under Professor Logan followed the lab session. It was a long lecture about carbon chains that almost put me to sleep. After class, the blonde girl remained in a seat while the rest of us filed out. Gibby cornered me after the rest of the students had left. Well, Mr. Browning, do you know who the thief is? No, it's much too soon to tell. Who's the blonde girl and that red-headed guy? She's Betty Walker. The boy is Randall Forrester. They call him Red. You don't suspect them. I shrugged. I suspect everybody. Huh? See you tomorrow, Mr. Gibby. After a week, I had the students pretty well sorted in my mind. There were three budding romances going on, including the one between Betty and Red, which last wasn't going too smoothly. It seemed Betty had part of a tuition refunded because she helped Professor Logan, and Red didn't like that a bit. On the following Monday after the lab class, Professor Logan wasn't on hand to deliver a lecture. Instead, the dean of the college walked in. I am sorry to say Professor Logan will be away for a few days because of a death in his family. I got the story from Gibby after class. It's dreadful, Browning. Mrs. Logan died suddenly a few hours ago. At first they thought it was indigestion, then heart attack. Browning, do you suppose there can be any connection between her death and the stolen poisons? I don't know. But if somebody hated Logan and wanted to strike at him... That might be a way. Late that night, I had a talk with the coroner. A look, doctor. I hate to start anything. Mrs. Logan's death has been diagnosed as heart attack. But if you suspected poison and made an autopsy on your own initiative, it might prove interesting. A week later, Professor Logan was back. During that time with him out of the way, the romance between Betty and Red really flourished. Now it was ready for another setback. Logan called his class to order, apologized for his absence in a dry, tight voice. Then the hour drew to a close. Betty, uh, Miss Walker, if you'll be good enough to remain a few minutes after class, I'd like to discuss the work that has accumulated during my absence. 
Alongside of me, Red started to say something. I took his arm. Come on outside, Red. I want to talk to you. I was so surprised, he let me propel him out of the room. Hey, what's the big idea? The big idea is that I'm a detective and that Mrs. Logan died of poisoning. Come on, you and I have some talking to do. What I was waiting for happened two nights later in Logan's class. Mr. Forrester, I am not satisfied with your lab experiments on cellulose. Tonight after class, I suggest you repeat the experiment and report to me tomorrow. I met the boy after class. All set, Red? Yeah, but I'm a little scared. Don't worry. You'll have plenty of protection. It happened ten minutes after the boy left for the lab. Logan was the first one in the lab, and even before he got there, he was moaning about that poor red-headed boy and how careless he'd always been with explosive chemicals. Nothing to worry about, Professor. Red is right in back of you. There was nobody in the lab when your bomb went off. Logan grabbed for a bottle of cyanide, but I knocked it out of his hands. He wasn't going to get off that easy. He had a date with high voltage. And finally, he kept it. He'd been stealing the poisons in order to get rid of his wife and paved the way to marrying Betty. And when it looked as though Red Forrester might be in the way... Well, what's one murder more to a man like that? What he didn't know was that as soon as his wife's death was properly diagnosed, he'd been under constant police surveillance. Like I said, people are like chemistry. Get the wrong combination, and you'll have the kind of explosion that spells murder. Listen next time to Calling All Detectives. Mystery drama, mystery quiz, and a chance for you to match wits with yours truly... Jerry Browning, Private Detective. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right, one month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. To make a rich, smooth cold brew, Tim Horton steeps 100% Arabica beans for 16 hours. What could be richer than that? Well, uh... How about blending in swirls of sweet Irish cream? Rich enough? Ooh, I guess. Not quite. Because Tim Horton's tops that cold brew with the cloud of sweet cold foam. Now, what could be richer than that? Nothing? Exactly. Irish cream cold brew with cold foam now at Tim Hortons. Or try cold foam on any of your Tim Hortons favorites. Modifications extra for a limited time at participating U.S. locations.